Hello. Thank you for joining us today for the Harvest Time Church weekly podcast. As you listen today, we pray that you are richly blessed and that the message would guide you deeper into your walk with Jesus and help you to advance His kingdom here on earth. Have a blessed day. This morning we are in week three of our Come and See series. And I talked about initially in the first week that the heartbeat of this series is that you can come closer, that you can see Jesus in a whole new aspect, maybe like you never have. And I know many of us, maybe we've been on this journey of following Christ for a long time, but there is always something to do. There is always a goal. Uh, And how many of you know that really, if we think about it, the kingdom is always at stake, right? That time is short. Now, I think sometimes we're caught in this naive thought process of that we have forever, you know, that we, we have time, you know, and I think we've said that, ah, how many of you say, well, I'll do that later. Oh, I'll take care of that this weekend. Most of the time, we do not live a life of urgency. Amen? We try to make it as comfortable, as convenient as possible. Uh, I think that's probably why we have cruise control on our cars, right? You know, it was all of these things just to make life easier. But I want to challenge you this morning that there is a, 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 there are, there is amount of time that God has allowed us to live. There is going to be a time that we all die. But there's also going to be a time that he comes back. And I want to challenge you this morning that there is a mission at stake. There is something we should be doing. There is something that we should be accomplishing. But as we, as we move through this series, I believe that this is the point in the series where we're not just talking about something, but I'm going to challenge you to begin to do something with that information. I'm going to challenge you to, to do something in what you know, in what you've received. How many of you know that if you receive something, you can give something? Right? If you've never received it, you can't give it. But if you've received something, you can give something. So this morning, uh, just real quick, how many of you have had the privilege to ever go to a t-ball game or a soccer game where the kids have just begun to learn to play? Now, how many of you know that you go to that game not because of their level of excellence, but because of the moral support? You have kids running all the different directions. Baseball, it's, it's everybody's dogpiling the ball. You, you don't have positions. It's complete chaos. And, and if you've attended those, you know what they look like. Now, I believe that really in those games, it can almost be defined as absolute chaos, right? But the more they play, the better they should get. Uh, regardless of what they're doing, they're shooting at the wrong goal. They're uh, dogpiling the ball. They're running the wrong direction. Um, and how many of you ever have seen the emotional breakdown moment? It's just too much stress and they just break down. It's supposed to be fun, but you're saying, hit the ball, get them out, tag them. And it's just, uh, you know, at that, at that point, they're just beginning. Now, I want to challenge you that in the same way that that game can be very chaotic to those that don't know how to play the game, it can be just as chaotic in the church if the church doesn't know what the game we're playing. We may not see and understand what we're doing, and we say, ball, and we all dogpile it. Well, we know in reality, that's not how the game is supposed to be played, Right? But how foolish would it be if after we know the rules or the mission or what we're supposed to be doing, if we keep doing the same thing? And that's the challenge I have for you this morning. Once we understand the mission and the goal of what we're to be doing, we should change what we're doing to look like the true mission. So think about it one other way. Can you imagine if all of us as church members were in a canoe? Half of us are on the left side rowing forward. The other half of us are on the right rowing rowing backwards. What's going to happen? Oh, I've seen this before. Wow, this is great. We're working really hard, 
We think we're putting in a lot of effort, but guess what? We're not really going anywhere. So the goal is to know where we're going, what we're doing, get on the same page, and somebody say, row forward, or row backwards. We're about to go over the waterfall, right? Giving instructions, giving guidance, understanding what the mission is, and when we all get on the same page, so, so realize this, on the other hand, when we get on the same page and we're pursuing the same mission, we see great things happen rather quickly. I don't know if you've ever tried to row by yourself as a dad. I get the privilege of having little kids and they're like, dad, let's go faster. And I'm like, I'm trying. But there's something awesome that happens when we all take our place where we all start rowing and we row in the right direction. It doesn't matter that the current is going against us because we are all working together to move contrary to the flow of the river sometimes. And if we look at that in life, being a Christian, we should often be going against the current. If we're just going in every wind of doctrine, whatever the world says is right. And if we're just riding that, we're probably not going the right direction. Now, let me tell you what, if you're not rowing, what happens? You're going to go whichever way the wind is blowing or whichever way the current of the river is going. So as a church, we have to get engaged. We have to understand what we're doing. We have to understand the mission. We have to understand the assignment. We all have to get on the same page. But I believe that immediately when we do that, we will see great results and we will all together begin to move in the right direction. And that's what we want. We want to move together. We want to move in the right direction. We all want to be on the same page. Answering the question, what should I be doing? What is my part to play in this big world? How many of you have asked yourself that? Maybe hit that midlife crisis age where you're like, Lord, what is my purpose? What am I supposed to be doing? Well, let me tell you what. If we try to gain things and we pursue things that are based on the world system, we may always ask the question and never be satisfied and never figure it out. But as Christians, there is a whole nother purpose at stake. There's a whole lot more critical decisions to be made or a job to do or a mission to fulfill. Okay, so when we look, you know, at Jesus's ministry, we can conclude, we said this last week, that our ministry, the ministry of the church should look very similar to that of Jesus. If the church looks nothing like Jesus's ministry, then we say we know better than Jesus. And that's a scary thing because he was perfect. He was sinless. He set the model for what we should be doing. So what we should be doing as a church should look very, very similar to the ministry of Jesus. Now, I'm convinced that in life, there's going to be two decisions or the most critical decisions that you'll make. One of those is choosing to follow Jesus, but the second is very close to that is failing to follow Jesus. And guess what? Jesus is involved in both of those equations. We will either choose to follow him or we will reject him. And that's the harsh reality. You know, a lot of people know Jesus, but not very many people follow Jesus. But we have to realize that the mission that God left us is always wrapped around what Jesus did. Now, notice in, I said a follower of Jesus. James 2, 19, it says, you believe that there is one God good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. So it's one thing to believe that there is a God. There is a whole nother thing to follow God. I have, the, I have the, the, the biggest heathens I've ever met in my life believe that there is a God of some kind, of some sort. You know, and most people will agree with that, that there is a God. So notice in this passage, it says, first and foremost, that there is how many gods? There's one God, 
and even the demons recognize his existence. So it's not about recognizing, it's about following, it's pursuing, it's accomplishing the mission in which, which God has, has for us. First Timothy 2, 3 through 4, it says, God our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. So I, I hear a lot of times people share, like, well, I think God, da-da-da-da-da, or why would God do A, B, and C? You fill in the blanks, you've heard the stories. Well, I always look at these scriptures and I, and I try to dissect what is the heartbeat of God? What is God's motive in all of this? What is God's big picture in everything that he's doing? And even in that passage that he wants all people to be saved. He wants all people to be saved. Not just, you know, he, you know and I know that there's the, the elect. Um, he's going to select some. Now, the true reality is, guess what? There's a heaven. There's a hell. Some will go to one. Some will go to the other. But you have to understand that the heartbeat of God was that all would come to the knowledge of Jesus. But the choice, like I said, it's up to you. I can't force you. I can't walk the walk for you. But I can encourage you today that if you will believe and you will begin to follow him and move forward, you can guarantee you're going to go to the right place and you're going to fulfill God's plan for your life. And you are going to walk in what his heart is for. He loves people. He cares about people. We saw this in the, in the ministry of Jesus, right? He was always pursuing people. He was always looking at the ones that didn't have much. He was even really messing up the religious leader's perspective. Well, why are you sitting with sinners? And he says, I came to save those who, were needing a, who needed a great physician, not those who were well. Okay? So we're going to look this morning uh, quickly at the last thing that Jesus spoke to his disciples. And that's going to be the focus, focal point of this message this morning of defining what is the mission. We're going to look at Matthew 28. 18 through 20. We're going to look at Mark 16, uh, 15 through 18, and they both cover the same text, but I feel like Mark gives us a little bit more specifics on what that really looks like. So let's look at Matthew 28, 18 through 20. It says, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth have been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey all I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And now let's go to Mark 16, 15 through 18. It says, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands and they will drink deadly poison. It will not harm them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. Now, these are power packed passages. But it says, all, you know, it starts out in that passage. It says, all authority has been given to Jesus. He says, all of it has been given to me. Well, he was saying that because he wanted you to understand what he had received. Guess what he can do? He can give. Just like we can give what we've received. Jesus was saying this not to be like, hey, look what I can do. I'm going to heaven. Good luck, Chuck. <laughs> That's not what he was doing in that passage. He was saying, I want you to know what I've been given the authority to do. Because when I leave, guess what? I'm giving you that authority. Oh, man. You're like, I can do those things, pastor. Bible says so. Sometimes we just got to apply our faith to what the scripture says, and then we'll begin to see that, it will, that will, what will happen according to scripture will happen. But if we don't apply principles or we don't have faith to believe, we may never see it. So we're going to look this morning uh, uh, really quickly um, at three things. But let, let me tell you something. 
our life until we find Jesus is all about finding Jesus. Like, there's really no, I'm trying to, try to get you to understand this, there's really no other point. We can pursue things, we can pursue careers, we can pursue relationships, but ultimately, our whole life up until Jesus is finding Jesus. Okay, now that I've found Jesus, now what? After we find Jesus, the whole goal is leading others to find Jesus. Come and see. We've been talking about this in this series. Come and see Jesus. Come and let me show you what he's done in my life. Let me show you how he forgave all my sins. It's, 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 a, it's a calling forth to come and see that which I have received. But if you've never found Jesus, that is the first step. Once you have found Jesus, then you encourage others to come near, to come close and see Jesus for themselves also. God has given us the greatest gift in Jesus, and the mission consists of returning, uh, returning back that which God has given us, and we give what we've received to the world. All right? So the framework for this message this morning, it's going to be wrapped around the core of our mission statement of knowing, growing, and going. And if you've seen that or you've seen the shirts around, to know, to grow, and to go is what it's all about. The reason I love that mission statement, it is tied around the gospel and the commission of Christ. So I'm going to preach it, and then you're going to see it, and hopefully you will never forget it. Um, but the first thing is you have to know God. You have to know God. This is the number one, one thing that you have to have in, in fulfilling the mission. If you don't know God, that's where you have to start. That is your number one mission directive, to know God. It's all about knowing and following God. It's about accepting the free gift of forgiveness and being welcomed into the family of God through Jesus. Understanding God loves people. He loves you. You may ask the question, well, how much? Enough that he sent his son for your sins. It's a pretty big deal. He didn't just talk about it. He showed you. And Jesus did the same thing. He didn't just talk about laying down his life. He actually laid down his life for you and I. But God wants all people to be saved. And you may say, from what? Well, it says, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 6.23. So I was thinking about that this week. Wages. What are wages? You go and you work and you receive what you have worked or what you have earned. How many of you every day on Friday or whenever you get paid, you're ready for that paycheck to get what you have earned? Well, in this passage, it's not really a pleasant passage because it is saying you get the wages that you've deserved. So we know that the wages of sin equals what? Death. So if I am receiving the wages I deserve, I'm actually deserving of death. You're like, Pastor... I don't like that passage. Well, great. I'm giving you an alternative that you don't have to cash in those wages, but God cashed in his son so you don't have to accrue those wages. He said, I sent my son to blot out all of that. You know, so it's like, you know, our life is, we're in debt. We're indebted. We're not even at zero. We can't even get to zero. But through Jesus, then we have a different wage that we're given. It's not a wage that leads to death, but it's a wage that leads to life. And that's what God did in this transaction of sending his son. But we, we have to realize, apart from God, apart from forgiveness, we are deserving of death. That is why it's so important to not just know God, but be, be a follower of God. To accept Jesus into your heart, because that is the starting point. 
Because if you go to hell with everybody else, what was the point? Mission failed. If I don't make it, and how can I lead someone to a place I don't know how to get to? Shared that a little bit last week. It's, it's impossible. Or to introduce someone to Jesus and I don't even know Jesus. Be a little awkward. And the scary thing is some of us don't share Jesus with others because we don't really know him real well. Mm-hmm. So I'm challenging you with point number one, to know God. Draw close to him. But without knowing God, we will never have a passion or a drive to tell anybody about Jesus. But it's because we have no relationship with him. Once we have relationship with him, you know, you can tell I have relationship with my kids because of all my stories that come out in my messages. Right? You can tell I'm around them a lot. We're living together. We're, we're getting frustrated together. We're living life. There is a relational basis to all of those stories. And a lot of you can relate because you have relationship with your children or your spouses. That's why I love life stories because most of you are like, oh, yeah, I understand that. I remember that time. And you would have a story for yourself, but those are all out of relationship. But how many of you know it's really hard to tell a story that you have no relationship base with? It'd be hard to make it up. And my kids would call me out, Dad, that didn't really happen. So I got to be careful with Samuel in here. I got to make sure they're accurate now because he's going to be like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's not how I saw it, Dad, right? But we can't share something we don't know. I know that if you had a superhero friend, it would be an honor and a privilege to share with others that you know him and what he can do. Well, I want to tell you that we have a life-saving hero in our corner, and we know him well. And we should be advocates of who he is to the world around us. Uh, you know, there's another passage, it's in my notes, but it says that if we deny God before people, he will deny us in his presence. Well, we know the opposite is true. If we acknowledge Jesus before men, then he will, you know, we will also be acknowledged before the Father. You know, I always like to flip those verses because it's, it's kind of scary. It's like, why would I reject something I truly believe in? So allow your faith and the testimony of your life to accomplish the mission. Don't be scared of people. At the end of your life, you realize you're not going to give an account before people, but you will give an account before God. I'd be worried about the big dog upstairs and these little ankle biters around me that sometimes stir this fear in my heart to shrink back from what I know to be true in Jesus. Amen? Come on. Don't be scared. All right. It always begins with God. Once you know Jesus, do you realize that you will begin to do what he did? John 14, 12, it says, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than this because I am going to the Father. And it says, in me, you will do what he has been doing. It's not by your own strength. It's not by you being good enough. It's about him being in you and him coming out of you. Him working in and through you. It says even greater things because I'm going to the Father. This is Jesus speaking. So number one, the number one thing for the mission and to, to accomplish the assignment is you must know God and you must know him personally. But it's not just knowing him, you must follow him. We got that? I'll re-preach number one again if you ain't got it. That's the first step. We got to know God. We have to know God. We have to have a relationship and begin to follow him. So once we begin to follow him, the first thing is we know. The second thing when that happens is we grow. 
You can't grow and stand still. When you move forward, you will naturally grow. It is the natural progression of growth, of moving forward, of accomplishing things. I hope that in your Christian walk, year after year after year, you don't look at your life and say, wow, I'm in the same spot I was 10 years ago. If that is where you're at, I would challenge you and say, you are not growing. Because if you were growing, and it doesn't matter if it's just a few steps from where you were last year, but I hope that there is movement from last year to this year. And I hope you're moving forward, not backwards. Okay? So we have to grow. Grow in what? The knowledge of God. So the first step is, is knowing God, and every step after that is accomplished through growing more and more and more in the knowledge of God. So there's two areas that you have to grow in. First is knowing him more. That's going to be based on relationship. Robert's talking about that. You have to have a relationship. If you don't have a relationship, it's never going to grow. You know, have them, have them relational dreams of like, man, one day I'm going to marry this girl. And you're just all in your head. And you haven't even asked her out. <laughs> one day. Well, I'll tell you what, if you don't take the steps to get there, ain't ever going to happen. Right? Or let's say you're in a relationship. If you don't put in the work, how many of you know it won't take long for that relationship to die? Amen. Wives, it's a good time to nudge or well, give you just a quick moment. I was stretching, baby. Sorry. Right? For a relationship to be healthy, it requires work. You have to put the work in. So you have to, um, you have to grow in your relationship. Secondly, you need to know what you're supposed to be doing. So relationship is a big point of growth. Clarity is the second big point of growth. When I say clarity, you have to understand what game you're playing. It's like I started with that illustration. You got to know when I hit the ball, what do I do? Run! And you just take off the wrong way. No! I'm going to first base. Well, what happens after I get to first base? I don't know. That's as far as I've been. Well, let me help you. You go to second base. And how many of you know when you're learning first base, second base, third base, they all look the same to you. There ain't no numbers on them. You say, go to first. They run to third. They don't know where first is. As we play the game more, we should understand what we are doing. Because people that, ball players that play the game well, do they ever say, hmm, I wonder where I'm going to run after I hit the ball? They know where they are running. We should do that in our spiritual walk. We should know the next step. Hey, I'm just going to, got to get to first. I got to get to first. I got to crawl to first. I got to dive to first. Get to first first. Right? And then I'll worry about getting to second. Then I'll worry about getting to third. Man, and if I keep doing what I'm doing, man. I might get a home run. I might, get a, I might get, a, get a run in, right? So we have to understand. So that's the clarity. We have to know what we're doing. We have to know what the goal is. Um, so how do I grow in my knowledge of God? I'm going to give you just quick little three nuggets. To grow in your knowledge of God, you have to begin to read the scripture. Number one, if you don't read your Bible, you will not grow in knowledge. You will, we will work on regurgitating what Pastor Noe told you, but there's nothing that substitutes you reading the word for yourself, like a whole chapter, like a handful of verses, not like in the beginning. That's good enough. <laughs> You're going to stay at the beginning if you just read the beginning. You'll never know what else to do in your life. You're like, well, I'm still in the beginning chapter. Well, turn in a few pages. Get a little bit through that book and you'll move along a little bit further. But you, you, have to, you have to read the scripture. Secondly, spend time in his presence. Well, how do we do that? You realize you can spend time in his presence, not just on Sunday mornings with us. Now, I know that's why a lot of you are here. It's like, man, there's just something about the presence of God. We feel his presence in this place. Well, guess what? The spirit of God lives inside of me and he lives inside of you where we can cultivate the atmosphere of his presence often. Amen. 
So we should be living in his presence throughout the week. And then when we come together, it should be amazing because now corporately, we're all going to continue to just thrive in being in his presence corporately together. That should be the goal. So read scripture, spend time in his presence. Thirdly, hang out with other Jesus followers. Hang out with people that love God and are passionate about their relationship with God. Those things will definitely help you grow. Uh, another thing that will help you grow um, is telling others about your faith. Now, I want to challenge you. This is going to be hard for some of you, but how many of you in the room have never shared your faith with someone else? Can you raise your hand and be bold about that? You've never shared the gospel with somebody else. Oh, so y'all professionals now. I got one in the back. Now, I know some of you say, I don't want to raise my hand, Pastor, because the humbling reality is I've never told anyone. You tell somebody about your faith, your faith will grow. You'll figure out what you know or what you don't know. In the beginning, that's all I know, right, you know? But we can lead people to where we've been. We can only lead people to what we know. I would challenge you, if you have never shared your faith with someone, do that. That will cause your faith to grow, or you'll start humbly praying to God, dear Lord Jesus, I have no clue what I'm doing. I saw the ball, and I just dogpiled it, because I didn't know what in the world I was doing. Lord, show me how to get to first base. Not for my own sake, but help me to get to first base so I can help others get to first base. Lord, help me get to second base, because I don't know what I'm doing. It's by the grace of God I got to first base. Lord, help me get to second base. So I can tell others how to get to second base. You know, a lot of people will learn by your model. Kids, they don't understand baseball, but if you show them baseball, they'll learn baseball. People need your testimony. They need to see you living life, modeling someone who follows Christ and growing in Christ. Parents, your children need to see you modeling what you're expecting of them. I don't like this message. Come on. It's all about growing. Got to understand the mission. One other area we can grow is understanding God-given authority. That God gave authority to Jesus, and then Jesus gave it to us. Um, and then now the question is, now what are you going to do with that authority he's given you? Right? Because true authority is only worth anything when you use that authority. Right? But that was the point. You have the tools for the job. You just have to use the tools. Okay, so number one, we must know God. Secondly, we must grow in God. Then what? We go. So this is where we do something. This is where I want to spend a little bit of time this morning. So we accomplish the going part of the mission by actually doing what he said to do. We can talk about it. And, and some of us like to, you know, in the workplace, you know, not going to say at the church, in the workplace, uh, people always talked about all that they did and all that they would do. And how many of you all know, know those people that there are a lot of talk and a whole, not, a whole lot of not of action, right? They're not doing anything, but they like to talk about it a lot. If you're going to accomplish the purpose and the mission of God, you have to do something. You have to do something. You didn't just get here this morning by accident. You had to do something to get here. Amen. So to see the progression of life in going and doing, you're going to have to do something for God. You're going to have to sacrifice something. You're going to have to take the steps. You're going to have to cause the movement to happen. So when we look at this, what do we do something with? We do something with our talents. That's the giftings and callings that God has put in us. Uh, we do something with our treasure. It's our money. Maybe God has given you wealth 
to expand his kingdom, to give, to, to purchase, to whatever. I'll tell you what, if you are a giver in this church, anything that we do, kingdom initiative, you have a little bit of seed in that soil. You say, well, I didn't give to that. Well, you got pastors and elders that did, right? That were giving to the world. We are doing something. And I believe that it's even going to increase as we go forward, that we're going to be more external driven than internal driven, even though internal is important too. So our, ta- our talents, our treasure, and this is, this is a challenge, I think going to be the challenge, also our testimony, how we live and what we say. We have to do something with that. To excel in the game, you have to get better and better. But to get better and better, you got to play and you got to keep working at it. You know, I've seen all my kids get at a starting point. I'm sure I was the same way back way when you thought you were really good and you're horrible. And your mom's like, that was great. You did awesome. They were lying. (laughs) But to really see what progression of getting better is. And this morning, I challenge you to get a good assessment of how are you playing the game? Are you going? Are you moving? Are you remaining passive? You know, we are in a culture that everybody gets a trophy. Well, everybody gets a trophy. And you know, and I have this part of me that says, Lord, I don't want to reward anything that they haven't earned it. They should be rewarded for that which they have done. Well, guess what? When you stand before the judgment seat of Christ, that's going to be the condition. It doesn't matter on the intentions of your heart. It's going to be a matter of what you did or didn't do, what you said or didn't say. You know, there is a scripture that says, even the harmful words you have spoken. So we use that example, hey, it's better to say nothing than to say something dumb, right? But we're going to be rewarded for what we did or didn't do, that moving forward, that growing. Let's look at this list real quick. need to move on. So it gives you instructions of what to do in these two passages. So number one, it says, go and preach the gospels to what? To teaching, to obedience. Who are we to preach the gospel to? The whole world. I'll tell you what, if we got to preach to the whole world, we cannot stay just in the confines of Matagorda County. Well, we're just going to stay in this church, man. It is good. And even in the Bible, when they experienced the presence of God, it was a good thing. They said, let's set up a tabernacle. Let's just stay here because his presence is good. The goal was not to stay there, but it was once you come down off that mountaintop to go do something with what you've, been, what you've experienced and what you've been exposed to. So I hope Sunday after Sunday, you're not like, oh man, I can't wait till next Sunday. It was so good. But when you leave, there is an urgency in your spirit to go do something with what God has put in your heart. So what do you mean do something? Well, if you go to a restaurant, tell them what God spoke to you today. Tell them the three points of what your pastor preached. If you're like, oh, I don't ever remember it. Write it down. I don't know what to do to help you, right? Do something. But it says to go into all the world. If we're going to go into, the all, into all the world, some of us have to move. Some of us have to go. It says to include all cre- creation. Proverbs 1130 in the NASB, it says, he who wins souls is wise. Proverbs 1130, if you want to write that one down. It says, baptize those who believe and they will be saved goes on to say, make disciples. A disciple is a person who continues in God's word until they experience freedom. Tell you what, we can all be disciples, but God wants us to continually move forward to experiencing more and more freedom. I hope that today you're freer than you've ever been. But I tell you what, there's areas even in my life, I still need more freedom. I still, I still need God to keep working on me. Working those, those flaws, working those areas out because I am continually becoming a disciple of Christ. We have to continually walk out that freedom. 
Um, becoming a disciple and making disciples is a lifelong process and it requires work. I, I don't see anywhere in scripture where the disciples were lazy. Every single day they were preaching, they were teaching, they were about the father's business. They understood what the mission was, what they were to be doing. And it was clear enough for them to understand what it looked like. I believe that's why God has given us this list to clarify. What does it look like? What are we supposed to be doing? Let's keep going. And it says, these signs will accompany you. They will follow you. Like you're walking a dog. Wherever you go, that dog's going to follow you, right? These signs will follow you everywhere you go. Some of y'all need to look behind you. It's been following you your whole life. You didn't realize it. But it says, these signs will follow who? Those who believe. Most of us didn't even know we were walking to the dog. We didn't realize those things were going to follow us. Here's the list. It says, they will drive out demons in my name. Never done that. Didn't know I was walking that dog. Speak in new tongues. Come on, Jesus. Everybody that's anti-tongues, it says we will speak in new tongues. However that function happens, that's a whole other message. But it says you will speak in new tongues. That is a tongue you don't know right now. And that ain't the little bit of Spanish you learned in Spanish class. right? These are things that are going to come from the Spirit of God working in and through us. So we'll drive out demons. We'll speak in new tongues. Um, we'll pick up snakes with your hands. I'm going to pass on that one. I'll take the first two. I don't like snakes. If you've got snake handlers, hey, y'all can handle that. I'm going to just say, Lord Jesus. And I'm going to begin to be the follower instead of the leader in that moment. But it says we'll pick up snakes. I don't know why they're picking up snakes, but they're picking up snakes. Um, it says they'll pick them up with their hands. It says they'll drink deadly poison and not be harmed. Now, if we look at what it was talking about was there was going to be moments where they were going to be exposed to the things and they could trust in God. There was a lot of snake witchcraft and different things in Bible times. Um, there was people poisoning the disciples because of their testimonies like, you got a, got a waitress you don't like. She kind of looks at you wrong. You're like, you ain't poisoning my drink, are you? Like, I mean, like, but it says we will not, we will drink poison and not be harmed. This is, this number five is really cool. It says they will place their hands on the sick and they will get well. Now I want to challenge you real quick because I'm running out of time, but um, realize this is not just the pastor. Because all of you say, oh, pastor, man, I'm so glad you get to do all those things. It says all of those who believe these signs will follow them. It's not a me thing. It's a us thing that we will all walk in this authority that Jesus has given us. We will drive out demons. We'll speak with new tongues. We'll pick up snakes if you really, really want to. We'll drink deadly poison, not be harmed, and we'll place our hands on the sick and they will be made well. This is what operating in God's given authority looks like when we believe the authority, we operate in it, and it happens. You can say you have all the authority in the world, but if, nobody, if nothing happens when you operate in that authority, perhaps you don't have that authority. How do you get that authority, Pastor? By knowing Jesus. And Jesus gives us one of the greatest gifts because Jesus had a secret power inside of him that allowed him to accomplish all of these things. These signs, these wonders. The secret was the Holy Spirit within him. So our mission, just in case you've never heard the mission of Harvest Time Church, is to bring all people into a real relationship with Christ by knowing, growing, and going towards God's given purpose. That is the mission of this church. You see a lot of messages pushing in that way. Hey, we want you to know God. We want you to grow. And we want you to go. That's the heartbeat of this church. But I want to challenge you today to take the next step. 
in, in whatever it looks like for you. If you don't know God, that's the first step. You have to know God today. Number one, if you know God, then man, I want you to grow. You know, that's something Becky and I, we take personally. If the church is not growing, that's our fault. Now, I don't know. I don't think I can just grab a rope and tie you up and drag you because I don't think that that's the goal. But I'll tell you what, I sure hope I motivate you or encourage you to do something. To move forward just a little bit. It's like that gladiator moment where everybody's like, yes! But you're like, yes, like you're, you're hearing it. But you're not buying into it. You're not believing it. It's not, it, you know what? It hasn't got inside of you yet. If it gets inside of you, it will naturally come out. That's what I'm believing for God to do this morning. To begin to stir something on the inside. So if you don't know God, you need to know him today. If you know God, you should begin to grow today. And then if you are growing, you should go and be doing something. I believe God is still calling missionaries to all the faces of the world. That's not something that is gone, that's no longer happening. God is calling maybe even some of you in this room to go to the nations of the world. Scares the living daylights out of you, but that is a passion and a heartbeat that he's put inside of you. But you are to go because he wants the whole world to know. Understand that our mission and this mission is aligned with the heart of God. And he would never ask us to do anything that we can't do. Can you guys stand up with me? Next week, we're going to look at the source. Today, we looked at the mission. What are we supposed to be doing? Next week, we're going to look at the source, the the key component that allowed Jesus to do all that he did. But that same source, if you know what it is, you know what it is. If you don't know what it is, come back next week. I'm going to tell you what it is. But that source lives inside of us. It's been given to us as the greatest gift. But I want to challenge you. Understand what the mission of God is. I hope I've done a clear job as far as explaining it to you. Go back and look at that Matthew 28 and in in Mark. look Look at what he said the mission was. And then take a real assessment. Does my life look like that? Let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you for each one here this morning. Father, as we go from this place that we would know what the mission is. Father, that the church wouldn't look like a whole bunch of confused t-ball players. But Father, that we would represent a kingdom of God that knows what we're called to do and our purpose and our plan. And Father, that we would all have the same agenda that you have, that all may come to the knowledge of you. Lord, I pray that uh, if there's those here that don't know you this morning, if the prayer team can come forward, if you're here this morning, you don't know God. Well, let me say, not that you don't know God, but you are not following God. Today is the day. And as I release everyone, you can come up and the prayer team will lead you in a simple prayer of salvation and your life will forever change. But if you know God, why don't you start growing a little bit? And then as you start growing a little bit, I want you going and pursuing God's given plan for your life. Lord, as we go from this place, Lord, that we would all fulfill your mission. God, that you'd give us strength and endurance to do all that you've called us to. Bless each one under the sound of my voice. Help them have an awesome week. Lord, with just us, it's impossible, but with your spirit inside of us, it is possible to do all that you've called us to. Thank you for your goodness. 
Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Thank you for joining us for the Harvest Time Church podcast. We hope you've been encouraged and empowered. If you'd like more information about our family, please write us at 42 FM 2540 South, Bay City, Texas 77414. Or check us out on the web at harvesttimebaycity.com.